Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. the awkward silence and someone's got their phone on nah, is, that me? is it you is it you we don't turn it off here either we're recording i reckon it's lecker you know who's here you tuned in to listen to this mark lacrosse in the house hey lecker how are you mate i'm good mate. yeah thanks for having me have you been thanks waiting for, for the in. invite i have well you reached out to me ages ago yeah and you said no nah, i'm going no no yeah driving around australia with a family 100 and then i changed phone numbers and then <laughs> So I was like, I, about I sent you my new number. I was like, I haven't heard from this bloke. What's going on? And Who anyway. changes phone number? That's a very good question. I've known a few over the years to change them. Yeah, usually there's a reason. But, so so the, honestly, I looked through my thing. Uh, we, we, we're going around for guests. So we didn't have a chat. I was like, I really want to talk to Lekka. And I looked back at the text messages. There's about seven unanswered texts. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I text JK. As I was texting JK, has Lekka got a new number? In my head, I was like, Lekker's got a new number, and I have it saved as Mark Lecrae new in my phone. <laughs> well, but I've been texting Lekker, so I don't know who's getting my text messages. I know specifically, I was like, he'll have my number because when I sent out, this is my new number, you <laughs> said back to me, prove it. So I had to send a photo of you because I think you thought that someone was taking a <laughs> yeah, picture. That's, that's a good, good troll. Right. We, uh, we've been off track a little bit. We asked the, fir- uh, the first question is the same question to all of our guests, Lekker. We ask the same one every week. Now, we know – you're best and fairest winner. You're an All-Australian. You're a premiership player. Kicked 12 goals in the game. We know all that. Great footballer. But I want to know your greatest sporting achievement not on the football field. You can't tell us. You, oh, I went to Savannah's and I kicked all these goals. I want to know your greatest ever sporting achievement not on the football field. Not on yeah, – if, right. if you need to be the thinking time, I mean, Dan Conce, you would have seen this trophy. Not sure if you heard about it. Sure you have. What would you do here? Five for 16. Or five for – yeah, five for 16, under 12s, grand final. How would you be? Bowling. Leg spinners, leggies. Who's not yeah. impressed at all? I was the under nine state. Um, there's one fly in the house as well. Uh, state under nine's 80 meter hurdle champion. Yeah, so right. you can go back. So, all right, all right. Well, I have got a couple. I've got a, I've got a few. Obviously, the of course you do. High on my list is the dual table tennis champion at, at West Coast. But um, was that official? Was it or are you just saying we you did two? No, we did two ever tournaments. This fly. It's come in. Uh, we did two ever tournaments and I won them both. They shut it down because it was just a bloodbath. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it's probably like I'll go go to a bit of a different one. Yes. Um, 
played a a mixed doubles tennis tournament with my cousin in <laughs> in Pai Wanning, which is a small country town. Yes. Shocking courts. Um, anyway, we scraped through to the final. She's probably a year or two older than me, and we we're playing against adults and stuff like that. And I fancy myself as a bit of a tennis player. And we got <laughs> to the fi- we got to the final, and we got about halfway through the match. It's quite even, and. She walks up to me. This is why I put it high on, on my list. Is she walks up to me, and she says, "I can't, I can't play." And I was like, "Oh, you're doing all right, but <laughs> you've done all right. <laughs> so you're doing all right. Like, we're in it." And she says, "No, I can't keep playing. But it's that time of the month has come through it oh, ha- no. halfway. So the, halfway through the match." And I, me being like 15 or whatever, I was like, "Can't you just like hold your breath or something? Like, how, <laughs> how does this work?" <laughs> you know? like, can't you do something? She said, I, so I was like, we can't forfeit. So go to the net. You go to the net and, and watch watch the, watch the show. And <laughs> and from then on, um, was, I don't know if you've ever seen like the cable guy. But yeah. That was me, mate. I was just lunging at everything. And I completely took over the game. I don't think I missed a shot. Um, you meant to serve at the ladies at like 50%. I was just serving bullets at the body. <laughs> And we ended up winning the tournament. So, so you won a grand final in a mixed double tournament by yourself. By myself with my cousin. <laughs> wow. With her legs crossed at the net. So wow. that that for me is like right up there in sporting a I've still got the photo at home. I so would say right up there in gentlemanly actions as well. Just said, yeah, you, know what, her, t- you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll take, take over. over. Yeah, I took over. Well That's quite good, Lekka. Very good. So you did grow up in, you call where you grew up country? Like Co- coastal, coastal, coastal town. country, yeah. Savannies? Yeah, Savannies. Yeah, um, so. You love Savannies. What do you love about it? What was it like? You grew up there? Yeah, no, I grew up there. So um, from a crayfishing background and there, like, there wasn't much to do um, growing up there other than sort of play sport and use the beach. So one thing I love about it is it just like it took their footy so seriously. So... For me, it sort of transitioned into AFL. You would know when I, you were playing with me. I just used to hate the opposition. Like there wasn't there wasn't one player that I liked from from opposition teams and that sort of stuff. And that sort of came from me growing up in Savannies and the rivalries with like Durian Bay and, and these sort of sides. So um, yeah, no, I love the I love the town. It sort of opened up a little bit more now. The road goes through, uh, but back in the day, you know, we used to have to when we were in Perth. We came to Perth for for high school. We would have to every weekend go back out to the highway and sort of come back in it was a lot quieter back then but yeah good little town what was your first job my first job paid, um, paid job paid job cray so, fishing's in the family isn't yeah it? yeah i left school at the end of year 10 that's yeah. what happened yeah 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 <laughs> i knew everything by then so i could leave <laughs> um but I, I i told my parents look i want to leave school a few of my mates are leaving school and um i don't want to hang around here my brother I wanted to play footy at that stage and my brother is five years older than me. He had tried crayfishing and it sort of didn't go well with footy, just with the lifestyle up early, yeah. hard days on deck and stuff like that. So um, they said you can leave but you've got to do an, an apprenticeship. So I, my first paid job was working on the back of the cray boat for about four months and then I've sort of gone into a plumbing apprenticeship after that. So you're a plumber? I'm a plumber. I finished it, yeah. Oh, yeah. Finished right. my apprenticeship. Yeah, after my – I know that. So I, it's sort of – a little bit dodgy finish, but I finished it. <laughs> it's who you know. Um, so I did I did three years um, and then got drafted and I had a year to go on my apprenticeship and I went to my boss and said, look, I'm going to get drafted next week. 
I sort of knew by then I'd, I'd like a week off before I go straight into it. I felt I thought I was going to go over east and then um, so I said I'll quit and he said, yeah, all right, no worries. Um, and then I went, got drafted to West Coast and after 12 months they rang me up and said the plumbing board have just sent us an email. They still think you've been doing your, your plumbing apprenticeship. So if you come in and do two weeks' work, we'll sign you off. So <laughs> Very good. my first off-season, I went and did two weeks' work and I've got a little trade certificate at home. <laughs> have you ever used it? No, Are you a handy man at home? N- nah, n- not not really. Oh, although, we're, yeah, we're in the. I can fix it. Yeah, your sh- I was going to be a plumber. And my my motto was going to be your shit is my bread and butter. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it never never went. That would have been good. Um, I mean, talking about growing up, your old man played waffle. I'm pretty sure a few years ago, I was sitting at uh, my in laws' house and they had waffle cards. Yeah, had, and your old man came up on one of them doing the the the, the, the pose, the handball pose oh, or the yeah, kicking good. pose. Played for. East Rio. East Rio. Yeah. And then your brother played a fair bit of footy with West Perth, but North Melbourne as well. Yeah. Brent. Yep. Who's better over you two? That's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Bruno. Does he kick more goals in a game than you? He yeah, he has. Oh, but, uh, if you count Savannah's, he's kicked he kicked eighteen. <laughs> so What's one, the most you've kicked? I kicked fifteen this year. Or last year, yeah. yeah. I was on the Shelter Footy cast, uh, which is a part of the back chat uh, yep. community. You text me before a show and I say, you, you're playing up at Samantha's. You said, yeah, watch this. I'll kick 15 this weekend. And you did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I actually did. Well, I was, I'll, I'll let, tell you the lead into that story is I'd, I did a four-month caravan trip, um, did the top end, and then I came back and I was like, oh, Rex, my son, hasn't been to footy for a while. So I took him down to Savannah's, the Oz kick, and I thought, oh, I'll give him a run around and – Anyway, they were playing Dan Darrigan and a few guys came up to me and said, you going to play? And I was like, nah, there's no chance. I've been drinking piss every night in the caravan, just relaxing, haven't yes. run once. Retirement's beautiful. And anyway, so they're like, oh, all right, yeah, probably a good idea. And then <laughs> the next bloke comes up, you're playing today, aren't you? And then I was like, nah, nah. Then my cousin comes up and he's played forever. He's a year older than me and we played juniors together and he said, you're playing today, right? And I said... <laughs> Nah, mate, no, no, it's well known. I'm not playing. And then how, how much can you say the C word on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, we can't. And, <laughs> <laughs> and like, if you really know how to burn me up, it was, he called me. Yeah, and so I sort of, he, I think at that moment they knew they had me. And what? Then Did you have your boots in the, in the I car? I had no boots. So, so someone's put a jumper alongside me in the shorts. I said, I don't have any boots. The B grader's taking his boots off before oh. the game's done, giving me his boots. Bullshit. So I said, all right, I'll. And they were like, sit on the bench. I said, I'll sit in the goal square. So anyway, I sat in the goal square. At quarter time, I've walked in and zero possessions and been caught holding the ball once. No. And I thought, what the fuck am I doing out here? Like, this is imp- and the blokes alongside me were like laughing at me. <laughs> and I ended up kicking 10 though. So <laughs> it took me a little bit to warm up. And then the next week, I knew we were playing the bottom side. You're so I was dickhead. like, if I've kicked 10, I'm kicking 15 next week easy. <laughs> I just imagine you at the quarter time break just spewing and you're, I'm going to tear this. Yeah, well, yeah that's enough. Well, um, you aren't any stranger to kicking big bags of goals, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. As you said, draft in 2004, end of 2004, pick 37. Yeah. A little bit late for – you would have – I know you. You would have been like, oh, you missed something there, boys. Nah, well, it was it was ahead of what my brother was. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I thought I was going to Adelaide at pick 24 right. with the information that we'd sort of had discussions. Um, but they ended up picking Van Burlo, 
who was my teammate, um, vice captain of West Perth. Oh, I think I was, and he was the captain. But they had pick twenty eight, so I was like, oh, "How good is this going to be if he goes?" Wow. And then I I go at pick twenty eight, and then so that was about as far as I looked in the draft, thinking thinking they were going to take me. And then um, we were a bit delayed when I didn't get picked up at twenty eight, and it just went to like every team had picks. And then I remember my brother was on the phone, and he. He was in Melbourne at North Melbourne at the time. He goes, "Oh, you lucky bastard! You get to stay home." So it was just before, and then I realised, yeah, picked up at West Coast. Do you remember who went at twenty eight to Adelaide? I know you do. No, I do. I don't. And there's there's probably like that's probably a sign that they should have picked me. (laughs) Do do you remember your first game against Adelaide? Then were you like thinking? Uh, I can't remember my first. Nah, I was. was Were you happy? I was happier, way happier to stay at West Coast. I went straight down. The road uh, started training that day. I think I went down through the weights room, um, and then I, last time you saw that room, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then, but and then I watched um, Nathan Van Berlo pick up his you know whole life and move to Adelaide, and decade over a decade later he was still there, and then now he's he's moved back recently yeah. as well. So my life could have been a lot different. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a reason why you probably don't know who they picked at 28. Uh, a fellow by the name of Chad Gibson, zero games. <laughs> there you go. There, <laughs> there you, go. you go, Adelaide. Unlucky. Uh, and and on that, West Coast probably should have picked me at 29 instead of Rosa as well. That was I, I reckon I got him covered <laughs> yep. too. Matt Rosa, 29. <laughs> That's very good. Um, you debut in the, your first year. Yeah, 2005. You had yeah. played two games that year though. Kick two goals in your first. Was it yeah. first kick, first goal? No, first kick was a point. Um, we 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 played Port Adelaide and we yeah we smashed him. And like one of my 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 first goal, I'll tell you, like that's an embarrassing story. Most people look back on their first goal like with fond memories. Yes, I, I can't really watch mine. Um, but I remember playing that game and Ben Eckerman, I think the guy's name was from Port Adelaide, yeah. has gone up for a ball and this is like early in the game and I'm sort of meeting you away from this contest and Tyson Stenglein has absolutely flatlined him, like knocked him unconscious in front of me and then Andrew Embley has stood up over him and gone, yeah. That's that one. That's what you get, yeah. That's in your first yeah, game. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that was my first, that's that was my get. first contest almost and he's gone, that's what you get. For that's going. one of the biggest hits you'll ever see. It was huge. Like, <laughs> Welcome to the gravel rash all the way up his oh, face. Gosh. I don't think he played again and – I was basically just out there just going, I don't, actually don't know if I want to continue. <laughs> and oh, mate, get killed. Mate, it was, it was <laughs> an introduction. Um, and then my first goal, like I, if you go back and watch it. I've, I just watched about an hour ago. Yeah, did you? Yep. So, <laughs> I've got Chris a note Judd, in here, but I'll let you talk about yeah, it. Yeah, Chris Judd, he gets, the, he gets the ball about halfback flank and has about two bounces, handballs it off, someone comes at him, gets it back, pretty sure – does a bit of a shimmy, sells a dummy. Anyway, I'm at about the half forward flank and I see him coming up and I'm thinking, oh, beautiful, I'm just going to run my man up and get the handball over the top here. And Juddy's like, that's exactly what's happened. Juddy's handballed over the top and what I didn't see was Juddy sidestep him and be in perfect position for a handball receive and what like would have goal, been goal, goal of the year. Yeah, would have been goal of the year and I've just blatantly just turned my back on him and kicked it and gone to the crowd like a huge celebration. And like it, no sense of the occasion, but he sort of come over and like celebrated with me. But then now I watch it, having played, I was just like, shit, costing a Hilux there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Did that? 
Did that, they didn't fly through into the rest of your career, burning blokes? <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, it's something I can only reflect on now and realise. <laughs> That's so good. So 2005, uh, West Coast played in, in the grand final. Yeah. Your first year the club's in the grand final. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a good year. Yeah. That, um, so, yeah, I mean, what, what, do you, what do you do? Like you come into a successful side like that, the field material I think was playing in the position that I was playing in. Yeah. Um, and I learned a lot off him and the way he went about it. Um, and, you know, as a young kid, like they build up first year, the disappointment is probably not there that you would have um, as opposed to the rest of the team because they've put all the effort in and rebuilt and, and, and got to a grand final. For me, it was just all this huge experience. And Did you go over there? Yeah, we were all over there. Um, you know, like we footy trips after. We, we, we ended up playing in London that year. We had a... Europe. Exhibition game just after. So You're in the we, London game yeah, against Freo. The bloodbath, yeah, with <laughs> Embers. And, do you remember that? Yeah, massively remember that. Who, who was sent Chicky out to, to kill Crowley. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like Matt Rosa. There was spot fires everywhere, just fights. Was that the Jeff Farmer goal? Kicked the goal and the celebration? Yeah. So well, they started me in the back pocket on Jeff Farmer. Did they? Rough. Yeah, and I felt like I was Ash what? McIntosh or something at the start. <laughs> I was thinking... You know, I can play. I can play back pocket. You know, I'm pretty confident. And by the second quarter, he had three on me and like had blatantly embarrassed me. And I got moved off him. And um, Mark Nikoski went on him. And then Nico, I think, tries to say that this this story, like he kicked the goal on me, but it was definitely on him. He he kicked the stoppage goal, jumped the fence, sat in the first row, and clapped himself. <laughs> and it was like. <laughs> it was the best celebration I've ever seen, but we were just all so angry at him that you just wanted to punch on with the bloke next year because he did it. I've heard you say before that that game you did that deliberately and you wanted to play in the forward line <laughs> and you wanted to show the coaches not to play in the back line through a false. Well, it worked. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> so 2005, um, it's a lost grand final. Your second year, 2006, West Coast win the grand final. So, you know, as a young player going through success, you played three games in 2006, you don't – Play four. Four? Yeah. Apologies. Yep. Um, must have been an irrelevant game, one of those <laughs> no, ones. it was. 100% it was the final. The the last game you played in 2006 was round 22 and kicked five goals at the MCG against Richmond. Was it, did they take – did you think you were going to stay on the side for finals? Are you thinking, like, here we go here? It was a, that was an interesting year because I played the two games the year before and then about halfway through the year I broke into the side and the side was great again. Mm. Um I played two games. One was okay. The second one, not so good, got dropped. And then um, I was playing quite good footy in the waffle um, in the lead-up to that Richmond game. Came fourth in the sand over that year. Yeah. So I'll tell you the lead-up to that five-goal game, I played um, a game for West Perth. I had like had 35 touches and kicked seven goals, five. <laughs> and from where? From like – I used to play midfield and then rest forward. And um, – I didn't get a game the next week, and I was genuinely thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have a future at West Coast. I'll probably have to. My deal's up. I had no contract for the next year. I was thinking, oh, I can't break into the side. I don't know if they want me. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to start looking elsewhere. Um, and then I think the following week, I played and had thirty and kicked eight goals too. And I think I was emergency after that. And I was. Well, they didn't put you in after. I'm pretty sure they didn't put me in after that. I was cracking the shits. And I remember Summer walking out and just going, just keep doing what you're doing. And I was like, fucking, what more do you want me to do, mate? <laughs> no but, shit, Summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. But he was right. Um, and I think I played the next week and kicked 5 4. 
um, against Richmond. You kicked five goals, four. I kicked five nine. goals, four. Yeah, I had nine shots. It was my fifth game. So you were hot. I was red hot. <laughs> and it was the worst thing that could have happened to me because I played the first final the next week. Right. And All-Australian defender Craig Bolton comes straight to me. And I think I touched the ball twice. Had two touches and that was the first final. So after that, I pretty much knew I wasn't going to play. Right. I didn't know you played that first final. No, I played that. Played that. I had a shot early on, like I crumbed it and went to kick it. I was straight in front and I just remember getting a little tap on the ankles and I missed it. And then after that, I think I had one handball. Do you look back now, career over, missed opportunity or, you know, just how it goes? Do you have any reflections on 06 in that? Oh, yeah, definitely not missed opportunity. I feel like if I'd have played maybe 15 games to that point, I might have been ready. Um, but it was just a good lesson for me playing on a good defender like that in a big game and realising, you know, how much work I needed to do. I th- it's There was a lot of unknown. I was playing on confidence. Um, but part of me thinks as well, if that didn't happen, um, you know, some of the things that drove me towards the back end of my career, would I have had as long a career if I'd have played in a flag in my, you know, seventh, eighth game? Mm. Um, so... For me, it was just a, it was just a good lesson. It wasn't really a, a missed opportunity. I sort of, yeah, just missed out. Uh, was Steve Armstrong the guy you were competing with? What, what was he? Well, he played in that first final with me. Right. So, um, yeah, he was probably just a couple of years ahead of me. I think they brought him in um, when Phil Matera retired as well, thinking that you know, not sure about where I was at or if I'd be a long term player or not. Or, um, and he was already you know quite consistent at AFL level. So. Um, he came in, played his role, but yeah, I felt like we could both play together. Were you in the squad for 2006 grand final? Nah, nah, nah. Um, I, I wasn't, I think I, made, I was in the squad for the Adelaide final yep. where they came back. I was over there for that. Yep. Um, and I wasn't in the squad because I remember being the most hungover man in the world at the grand final parade on the on the bus um, when we went there to watch it. So you were, what, so you were on the beers in Perth or in no, Melbourne? No, we flew to Melbourne separately. Straight out. And yeah, Spanger would have oh, been there. Mate, it was no Spanger wasn't on the list then. I don't think two thousand six was, was, was his it? first year. Oh, it was his first year. Well, that's I only know I because there's just like these urban legends of what happens to the boys <laughs> oh. who don't get to play in a grand final. Mate, yeah, so <laughs> we had a separate bus take us to the um, grand final parade, and I didn't even get off it. I just <laughs> laid, I just laid, at the, laid on the back seat. <laughs> do you do you remember um, that mark that was taken at the end of the? Um, uh, 05 finals um, when you obviously you would have went over there was there just like a collective sigh of all the all the people that you're watching with because it was so close at the end there so we were getting ready I remember that Leo Barry mark yeah. yeah yeah. so we were coming down from our seat and I watched that from like the first level looking over the crowd so it was like Coxie got it I think and it was a kick in and it was um he took that mark and then we all sort of knew. So it was like I wasn't even in my seat. I was getting ready because we all went on the ground. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah, everyone was just shattered. But yeah. at me, like I said, it was my first year. So this everything was new to me. Like AFL, play, I didn't, I'd played two games and, you know, I was just happy to be there. Yeah. What about moving from number uh, 19 to number two? How did that come about? Yeah, so my family, we'd always grown up. Play, uh, playing in number 20. My granddad had wore 20. Um, so my first year, I'll tell you how it ended up in 19, was um, when I played Colts for the first year at West Perth, 20 wasn't available. So I went, I'll go 19 and then move into 20 the next year. Um, so when I got to West Coast, 
19 was available. So I thought I'll take that. I said, good locker. Um, and I've worn that number before. And then... <laughs> good locker. <laughs> yeah. I'd always sort of had that link to like the two or the 20. Um, and then when they won the flag, um, everyone sort of doesn't want to change numbers. So it worked out perfectly for me because I was only a young kid. I'm, I'm assuming if they hadn't have won the flag, I think Butsy has mentioned before that because he played in the premiership in 2026, 20, he didn't want to change numbers because yes. you get your number, name on the locker right. and everything. So yes. Mc, Andrew McDougall left and I just like strolled straight into it, which was, yeah, it was a good move because otherwise I never would have got that number. Uh, we're talking about weird stuff like that. What about socks up? You yeah. always play with socks up. I, yeah, so I don't, I don't know why. But I've, I've, I moved on and I, I pushed them down later. But I like socks up for having a shot at goal because then – Why? Because then you have a big bunch of sock where, like near your boot where the, when you, you've got your ball drop. Right. So sometimes, you know, you have these little things that you blame something. But if you're going to do a perfect kick, you don't want a sock in the way. Chuck the mouth guard in? No, nah, the mouth guard for me would stay in. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Kick with in. the mouth guard in. Pretty sure I did, yeah. I never understood why people would take it out. It doesn't No, nah, they put it in their jocks and then they put it back in their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a couple of years there in the middle. Um, 2010, round 16, comes about. Tell us about what that day. That? I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> 12 goals versus Essendon. Uh, what, what are some of the stories about that night? You know, what, do you, what, do you, what are you thinking early? Are you thinking you're on? Like what? Yeah. You, did you rock up to the game going, I'm going to kick 12 today? Or do you do that every every day? Oh, every day I felt like that. <laughs> and then, yeah, I was let down a lot of times. Um, but, no, I just remember playing Essendon. Was always, they were always a hard contest, but I always managed to kick a few goals against them. Um, and for this game, I was playing on – I think I started on Heath Hocking. And he was a good defender and nothing sort of came easy. But I obviously ended up with 12, so it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. But um, – yeah, that a few just fell in my lap early. I, I think I had four at quarter time. Did they move him at quarter time? Yeah, I think they might have. Yeah, I had um, him, Dustin Fletcher for a bit. I had McVeigh for a bit. Um, I think I had, Kyle Hooker for a bit. Oh, yeah, I, I had just about six defenders on me at, at some <laughs> points. But um, what? Yeah, one of the stories to come out of that day was at seven. Oh, sorry, at half time, I've walked in with seven and like. I had a bit of a strut going. And I, Surely. <laughs> I was like – You don't even kick six before that. So you'd already beaten your best ever at AFL level. Well, and the six I'd kick as well was in, in the first half of a game. So Same. And then I'd had nothing after that. Right. So I was wary of getting ahead of myself and, and, you know, having a poor back half. But still, I was happy with seven even if I didn't kick any more for the rest of the day. But walked in and like – Sort of made eye contact purposefully with a few boys, like so they'd say, "How many have you got?" Oh, seven, you know. Like, I'm on. I'm on. Sorry, how many goals have kicked? Yeah. Seven? How many have we got? Oh, I've kicked, I think I've kicked all of them. Actually, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we go into the bloody halftime meeting with the whiteboard up, and I remember sitting back and I'm thinking, "Fuck, Ford, Ford fifty is going to be cleared out, and it's going to say Emlecra and no one else up there. This is going to be brilliant." And um, I said, anyway, I'm looking. I'm like. Kennedy Lynch, like, where the fuck's my name? No. And I look up and I'm like, Wusha, you're the same fucking game that I'm at, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I've got seven and I'm not in the Ford 50. I was on the wing. Why? And, uh, so it ended up working out all right. I went and questioned him after. Like, he didn't even mention, you know what Wusha's like? He mentioned nothing in the thing. <laughs> like, and I went up and I was like, what am I doing on the wing? And he said, nah, just go forward straight away. I'll just take the attention off you. 
And I think within a minute I had a goal off a free kick. So it was a, it was a master stroke. Um, <laughs> what, what are the boys saying to you coming into the last quarter? Is like Josh Kennedy, a good mate of yours, he's playing. Yep. Are you are you talking about it on the field? Well, like, not many people. Everyone that went past. <laughs> I've got eight. I've got nine boys. Who's next? Line them up. Like this is wicked. And uh, yeah. And then so I I got an elbow in the top of the head. That's right. And I had to go off and get strapped up. And I remember talking to Summer on the um on the phone, and I'm pretty sure he mentioned like, oh, my best is fourteen or, or thirteen or something like that. And then like, I, I realised like after the game, he was fucking delaying so that I wouldn't get back out there and beat his record because <laughs> I ended up on the phone for him about three or four minutes. And then I went back out, I kicked my tenth, like, and it was, I was just giggling in the end. It was just like, who's the next? Who's the next? Like, I, I took a mark on like Dustin Fletcher, one of the greatest of all time. I'm just like, hold the ball up. Sorry, mate. Um, and then I reckon late in the game, it was funny because Ashen Ham, so he's just a pisser, pest. legend, pest. But he had his he had his best game ever. He's kicked three. <laughs> and anyway, I've kicked my twelfth, and he comes running up, and he's like, "Well, I mate, that's fifteen between us." And I was like, oh, fuck <laughs> off, mate. Yeah. But we had Dustin Fletcher on the podcast, and he spoke about, and he was like, "I've never seen a more unstoppable person than Mark Lacroix that night." Mate, that was, you could have you were kicking him for the boundary. You had one that was nominated for goal of the year, where you yeah. shrugged a few, and you would kick it like, and you did the Jason Ackermanis. Pat yeah. your head, not rubbing your dummy. <laughs> oh mate, yeah, I was pre- I was pretty happy with myself, but yeah, I'm. It's probably the best and the worst thing that I did because every nuffy for the rest of my career was when you're going to kick twelve again. And I was like, <laughs> fucking like, you were, you were all Australian that year, yeah, and best and fairest, yeah, with footy club, wooden spoon, yep. Um, is, do as you a think- forward, it's even harder. Than Absolutely, that. <laughs> no, that's what I'm in an all serious question. Like, I would have thought it'd be harder to play well as a forward in a year where the club's not going very well. Yeah, oh, I, I can't remember too much, to be honest, but I, I was playing as a deep forward. So any time the ball came in there, it was sort of oh, coming through Lynchy or myself. JK was playing up the ground a little bit at that point. So, um, yeah, I, I played a lot differently back then. I sort of was happy to come off the ground and only have 10 touches as long as I kicked my, my goals. So mm. um, that's sort of how I was judged on. That was before behind the goals <laughs> vision and all that sort of stuff was was part of the game. So I was probably part of the reason why we were, were finishing last, <laughs> just trying to chase a few goals and not defend. You did your knee um, at the start of 2012. So that's mm. a year later. You probably feel like you're coming into like the peak of your powers, right? If you know, You've kicked 12, but you've done a lot there. You've all Australian, best and fairest. 2011, have a good year. 2012, do your knee. Like... Um, reflections on that period? Yeah, it's oh, that's that's pretty frustrating for me because I feel like that that was like the real prime of of my career, and the side was actually going well as as well at that point. So we went from um, last in 2010 to that we made the prelim. Um, yep. So I felt like just a massive fear of missing out. I felt like we were in a bit of a window there because obviously we'd focused on a lot of stuff up until that 2010 point and then the focus around the club became on footy. And I'm, I'm not 100% sure this is true but I um, have sort of heard um, stories about leading into 2012. Wusher and a few of the coaches with like the um, fitness staff had spoken about how we were going to train and it was like, all right, we, we're just going to like really ramp it up and I think there was a few messages there that were like all right but we might lose a few soldiers to if we're going to do that and obviously i was one that i when it came to training like i would 
bust my ass mm. and I was in the best condition I'd, I'd ever been in and then like, I think it was a week before the first pre-season game I've just gone to turn and yeah just pop, pop my ACL. Was it a contact one or was it just? Nah so I had uh, we were doing match sim and I had um, I think it was Cal Paper Talk you remember him? It was quite quick and it was like frustrating. Yeah, frust- frustratingly <clears throat> like talented um, and quick. And I went for one just before that and he just got under me and I thought, I'm not going to let that happen again. Like I'm going to – so the next time it came, I uh, thought I'm going to run around him and went to fake him and then go one way and then the other way. So it wasn't touching me and then, yeah, just twisted and I knew straight away. Did you spend much time in rehab before that? Yeah. Uh, only in pre-seasons, I didn't like training. <laughs> <laughs> just around the two yeah, gates. So I just oh, rock up it about a sore. week before the uh, the season was Big about clue. to start. So, nah, I found it pretty difficult because it, it just felt like I was like a cut. I didn't really want to be a distraction. It was a good lesson for me for footy, actually, with like the whole outlook. Because um, leading into round one, they sort of said, "Oh, if you want to break or whatever, you can go away." So, me and M booked a trip. We went to New York. Um, for a couple of weeks and went and watched a bit of sport and all the rest of it and um, I remember walking back in the door about round three thinking oh the boys are going to be like how was it and you know like whatever and no one had even noticed that I was gone like it was just like oh righto that's how it works you know like it's just a big bloody wagon wheel that just like one bloke out and the next one in so Mm. that was sort of a good lesson for me Um, the club I think tried ways to get me um, to get involved um with the team that year but i sort of just didn't want to know about it i just trained hard by myself and in the rehab group and just sort of let them go what about um 2014 breaking your arm that was, was that against frio that happened in game yeah was it so tw- i missed what year did i miss i think 2012 I missed, I missed 2012 i thought it was i think i broke my arm 2013 right first game first game back um from your knee from my knee so i yeah started well um, kicked a couple in the first half, I think, and then yeah, just went to um, bump. I think it was Mzungu, um on the boundary, and he's got a hard body, and just yes. had my arm down low, and just yeah, snapped it. Um, in you, between, you played in like a cast, didn't you? I broke both bones, and then um, I think I only missed like two or three weeks with it. Uh, I had two plates put in, and I remember you remember what, what back in the day with Wusher, it was just like try and prove how tough you are. Yes. And they said, "Oh, we put two plates in. Like it, it should be strong now. Like it won't, it won't, it won't break again unless it breaks at the end." So I remember going into Wush's office and just I'd like grip my teeth, had a big cast made up, and he said, "Oh, if you can do ten push-ups, you can play." Bullshit. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so I fucking like, in John Wurstfeld's office. It was in front of Cove's office. It's at Subiaco, and I fucking grip my teeth and did ten push-ups. And in, in pain. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. And I played like it was the worst thing I ever did. If I if I look back in on my career with like one regret, it was like I, I came back from that injury way too quick because at the end of the year we had an X ray on it, and what we didn't think about was like every time you fall to the ground, every time someone hits it, it was just kept cracking it. So it was still broken at the end of the year, and I had to leave the plates in and then the following year I went to tackle someone and I broke my arm at the end of the plate. So I missed six weeks with like another broken arm and then I had to get the plates out at the end of that year. So it was like just turned into an injury that I shouldn't have had over that many years. Yeah, I remember – I just remember watching you play with just like a giant 
Like it wasn't just like it was strapped up. It was, it was, it was like, like a pillow. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was like, like a pillow. pillow. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. But it was like, but oh, other blokes were playing with stupid. Like Bobby Waters was, you yeah. know, he had surgery. Played ten days later with like on his knee, and it was almost a competition as to like who. That's why I say at the start when my cousin called me a week on it like got to me because it's sort of those were the days where you'd walk past somebody just like just just strap it up mate you'd be right. That is interesting. Uh, it made me think 2014 I reckon I popped both my fingers the bones broke out of the skin so it was like a compound fracture the middle of the game and you probably like shouldn't play on after that but again like I'm like I can't let can't let the team down can't so I remember going downstairs Doctor came down who was upstairs having a pie. Like you don't have a you don't have sorry, a surgeon came down. So you have a doctor on hand, yeah. but they're not surgeons. Surgeons come down to replace the fingers without sort of re-breaking them and then stitched them both in the rooms, like halfway through the third quarter, then mattressed it up, and I had just like a like a pillow, like a genuine <laughs> like a glove. And I was like, came back on, got on the phone, like, give me Woosher, like get me back on the field. And like went on and was like running around on their best player, like running them around the ground just to like be a part of it. It was like the mentality, right? It was, yeah. No, it was like, <clears throat> a similar thing. Like I, I remember I broke my ribs like completely. They still like they still sit like that in, in a game against Essendon and they jabbed it. Like shouldn't have jabbed it. Like for thinking about it Couple, now. Jabbed some bones. And then I remember I played Fuck. the rest of the game out, went went to the coaches the next like early that week and was like I don't know if I can keep playing with this. They like felt like so, felt so soft, and they're like, "There's no way you're playing the rest of the year, mate. You're done. Like your season's done." And it, but it, at the time, it was like, "How am I going to tell these guys? I don't think I can play with this injury." Yeah, soft. Yeah, soft. Uh, <laughs> you, you, I haven't gotten here. But <laughs> what? When? When did you do your groin? And you got stretched <laughs> off and you played the next week. Yeah, so this is the opposite yeah. of being tough. Nah. This a, is the opposite. Don't say that you – what's your story? Stretcher. Yeah. So mate, not even a stretcher, mate. I got the medical ambulance, ambulance out. Wait, so cut. that was different to an injury, right? I just snapped the tape. It usually holds it on around the groin. <laughs> so they had to – I was worried it was going to fall out after that. So What was going to fall out? <laughs> the big fella. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if he's not going to tell it, Lekker one day – Heard his groin was was put onto the medical cart, standing ovation. He's doing the wave off. He was doing the what? Doing the wave off. I'm okay. Played next week. No, no, I didn't. I ruptured my groin. I still missed three weeks. I think with that injury. So, what happened though in the lead up was Curry had torn his hammy off the the tendon off the bone, and he got stretched off like I don't know a month or two before that. And remember seeing him in rehab, and then. So that was in the back of my mind. And anyway, I've gone to kick a goal and I've just felt like my groin completely go. And I thought, that's it. I've torn my, Because of him, I was like, oh, I've torn my groin tendon off the bone. So um, I got stretched off and I remember hopping off the stretcher and sort of taking a few steps going, fuck, I can actually walk pretty good here. <laughs> <laughs> so I had the crutches down there for a bit, but I was all right. How does, what point does it get when, like, are you telling the trainer that comes out, like, get me the stretcher or do yeah. they make the decision? JK, because I kicked the goal when I did it, JK tried to pick me up and celebrate. I said, fucking don't touch me, leave me down here. Like, I, And then I think they sort of called for the stretcher and then, yeah. Right. Yeah, it was, it's, I've never, never like, lived that one down. So 2005, losing grand final, but you're just at the club. 2006, there's a chance. 2015, your third grand final at the club. Um, playing Back to playing good footy. Like, do you think, you you know, you, you talk about missing your prime, but you're playing good, good footy by 2015 and you're confident? Yeah, 2015 was, um, a, was a decent year for me. I think I finished top five. I think I finished top five in the best and fairest that year. Um, yeah. 
and yeah, felt like I was I was sort of back to some good footy. So it was, yeah. I mean, that was an exciting time. I sort of look back on that, and I, it would have been a good one to win that year. Like when we we ended up winning it, I was obviously like my last year, but I would have loved to have won one and and had a couple of years of running around shit talking after, you know, like the ne- especially the next year, like reigning premiers. Like fuck, how good's that? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember 2015 comparing it to 18 after the fact? Do you remember much different about 2015? Like, what? Why didn't we perform? Do you think? Like, why didn't? Why did West Coast just get absolutely smashed in that grand final? Probably similar to when I um, mentioned before with myself. Like, it was a fairly steep rise um, when I mentioned about the the Sydney final early in my career. We were just built on confidence, you know. So, like, you, our best was unbelievable. But we weren't at the stage where we, if things went wrong, we could really pick up on what was happening. It was just a bit of a snowball effect. Whereas by the time we got to 2018, there was a lot more of maturity amongst the group where um, everyone sort of knew their role. We were really good. But um, if things were breaking down around you, you would have someone else that would sort of pick up. So if they, they had a loose man that was coming up and, or say if they had a man that was coming up and, manning up our winger and then they'd drop off him. Like we would pick up on that straight away in 2018, 2015. We were just focused on ourselves, and we sort of weren't – we wouldn't, weren't able to pick up on stuff like that. Mm. Do, do, you, do you remember Hawthorne, that team? Do you remember their confidence levels? Do you remember – I feel like I have in the back of my mind, like late in that game, they were, I, th- I think they were telling you boys down oh. the forward line how bad – I don't know. Yeah, nah. I, so my mistake I made was um, – I mouthed off to one of their backmen in the first final when we beat them. Yes. And oh, I don't know if I can say it. You don't have to say it, man. No, no, no. It was um, Duray, Taylor Duray. Yeah. I said something to him like, you're the poor man's like version of like a player that was a, wasn't very good. So yes. like in saying Will that Scott, even Will Scott. you're the poor yep. man's Will Schofield yep. and he's fucking like got his end up <laughs> and – Oh, he brought it up in the last quarter, and I was like, oh, "I can't, mate. You're not that bloke, are you?" Like, you know, <laughs> you can't do that now, mate. Like, shit, bloke, rubbing it in. You know, like I know we've lost. Um, anyway, it's like I didn't have a leg to stand on, and I would have done the same if I was him, though. Correct. Who did he say you were the poor man's That's version? Awesome. Nah, he just kept, he kept saying, "Poor man's Will Schofield, am I? Fucking oh, Premiership right. player, mate." And I was like, "Yep, fair enough." That's yeah. like that head stinks. in the sand type areas. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, God, he got me. At the um, last laugh. You, 2017, you become the uh, third 400 man at, at the footy club, JK, Suma, yourself, and the leading small forward. I think you're borderline not a small forward, I might add. I mean, I, like you, you play quite tall. Yeah, I would say you're more medium forward, but you're in the small forward category. Does that sort of stuff mean anything to you when you're playing? Or does it mean anything to you now? Um, <coughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Both. Like reflecting on it um, – Sort of reward for effort, I suppose. I don't know how a backman measures their career. <laughs> like you go spoils. back through your spoils. Yeah, <laughs> it's boring. But um, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's just reward for. I suppose it's not so much like the number of goals, but it's the players that you surpass. You know, so like come up and you go past someone like a Phil Matera yeah. or um, you know like Chris Lewis, Andrew Emily, all these players that have played for the club. Um, it sort of feels a bit surreal to have your name like tossed amongst those sort of guys. So and like next to a Sumich in it. Next Kennedy, to, yeah, right? next to Sumich and Kennedy and you know Darling now and yeah. those sort of players. It's sort of yeah, it's it's just a I suppose just a good reward for effort to be able to sort of think about it like that. 
you you're always like a goal kicker. You know, you take the piss out of yourself a bit kicking twelve, and you're the man and stuff. But I felt like twenty eighteen, like knowing and being around you, it looked like you changed a fair bit that year, or maybe it was twenty seventeen in terms of how you were educating people, your attitude, your your you know bigger than just kicking goals. Yeah, be fair, definitely. Yeah, so that's sort of transitioning towards the back half of my career. Um, twenty seventeen, I copped a bit of criticism. Um. During that year, I think David King said, fuck, I should retire and never play again and all the rest of it. And it was like, what, what did I, I remember, I never used to read the media. And I remember rocking up to the club and someone texts me like, what did you do to Kingy? And I was like, I'd been asked to talk to the media that week and I said no. I just was like a shutdown. That used to be my rule. I just wanted to stay away from it. And um, so I, anyway, I found out about the comments and I was pretty clear on why I'd played shit. Um, I had a bit of a like a hip injury and all the rest of it, and then um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's sort of like for me that was that sort trigger? of that was a bit of a trigger to like transition from like I, I had the I remember going into the coach's like office and they were like, nah, mate, like that's outside noise, like we back in, we know what you're doing, um, like your role is more important to the side, like we know you did this, you did this, it's not just judged on couple of missed tackles and, and not kicking any goals. So for me, I sort of got confidence from that um, in the value of like playing your role for the for the side. Um, I still wanted to do well, but then 2018, um, I had a good heart first half of the year and then I, I, I injured my wrist um, about midway through the year. So for me, after that, um, I remember I was really just hanging on and from that it was just like, fuck, just play your role and stay in the side. Um, and get through the year uh, because obviously we were going to be successful. So um, that was my main thing, teach the young guys and if there's a shit role that nobody else wants to do, whether it's blocking up a bit of room at the stoppage or, you know, coming off the back of the square at centre bounce, then fuck, I'll put my hand up and do it. When did you when did you know you were going to retire in, in 18? Um, so that wrist injury was a, was a funny one because I injured it um, against Essendon here and it wasn't much in it and – I remember going into the doctor's office after the game and going, have a look at this. Like, this is a weird – like, my wrist is clicking. Yeah. And it wasn't painful at the time. And the guy, he sort of went, oh, yeah, we'll book you in for a scan on Monday. And I think that might have been a Friday game. And I got a phone call from someone in the media. I don't know how it got out. But he said, "Is you, have you got a wrist injury? I said, yeah. Well, how do you know? And he said, oh, I just heard that it's like an eight to ten week like minimum injury. And I, it was started to get a bit sore. So I rang the doctor and I was like, what's going on? And he said, yeah, no, it can be pretty bad. So after I had the scan, went and saw the surgeon and he looked at me like it was career over. So um, it's like the main ligament in your wrist. And then um, I spoke to Nico, Mark Nikoski, who'd had the same injury and he ended up having to fuse his wrist. So there was all that talk and the club were worried that I was going to have to do that. Um, but the surgeon was good because in the end he said, look, if it's rugby or other sports that have had, I've had players with this, we'd strap it up and we'll deal with it at the end of the year if you can put up with it. And that first training session for me, it was the worst, like the most painful and like most debilitating. I've had the arm and everything, but I couldn't even hold a footy without it like dislocating. It would, it would pop. Oh. So basically we made up a, a real strong guard and like I had to tackle with, 
a clenched fist, I'd have to come in and tackle and reach around and try and grab that hand. Stop. Not that I tackled Stop. much. <laughs> but it was so, yeah, and every time I marked or if, even holding the ball out, like I said, for a handball, it would all year it was just like click, Jeez. click all through the game. So um, after we won the grand final, I sort of thought, oh, 100% I want to play on, um, you know, all the rest of it. And then um, the emotions died down and then realised that I had to have the surgery and – if that was going to fail, then um, it was I'd have to fuse my wrist and all that, and then it was just yeah, it's an easy decision after that. So you weren't going into you know the parade or the grand final and looking at everything. Oh, this is the last time I'm on the MCG. I was. I was. You yeah, were. I was. Yeah. So every even like the Tassie game, I think we played in Tassie. We played at the SCG. I sort of knew. I knew from after having that talk with the surgeon, but because of how well the team was going, like I was trying to put it out yeah. of my mind. Um, and it was like it was hard. It was hard to play with. Um, but then, like I said, we won, and I was like, oh, I can thinking to myself, I can keep going. Like, but then, yeah, no, I realized it was all over. Do you do you have any like um, distinct memories of Grand Final week or the Grand Final parade or moments with your family before the game, or is it during and after that? You've- I remember going down to the because I think my family sort of knew it was my last. Um, year as well after all that so i remember the prelim they got a box and like my whole family come and watched and we were going into a grand final and having that experience of the year before it was just like my emotions were like flat i'm not trying to get up too high it's like we've got a game to play i remember um my mum had had a few sherbets in the box and I remember going down to the <laughs> change rooms and like the carry on I had to like pull her aside and just say happy emotional you know, like ah grand final like all this sort of stuff and I was like Biddy oh, just pre- gonna have to pre-game it was like pre- no, post, a post prelim, prelim, post, prelim. Oh, post prelim oh, right. like, yeah. and I'm so it was like for me that was like alright and then she just straight away yeah, alright yeah and because uh, we'd lost the grand final a few Few, yeah, a few yeah. years before, and I th- it's my last year. If we lose again, like devastating. So pull your head in, man. pull your head in. Like we got a job to do, and she was great ever since. But so the twenty eighteen grand final goes the way it goes. What's it like being in a forward in that game? Like what? What are your memories of of things that happened in that game as a forward? I remember looking at JK at the I think when they kicked their fifth, and just like it's happening again. You know, like he looked at me like uh, the same look that I got. When uh, when we played Hawthorne and it was like, ah, shit. And then we sort of got back in it with those couple of goals late and the, just the attitude completely changed. Like I said, it, we'd matured that much as a group going in at quarter time. It was like three goals. It, it, it wasn't like, oh, we need these three goals back straight away. It was like, that's a goal a quarter. That's nothing. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was – it was it just was just a blur, you know. Like it was um, – my main memory of it is uh, coming to the bench late in the in the game, and they had the they had the ball, and it was like I don't know if you were involved in this passage of play, but I just felt so helpless. Like sitting there, they in their forward fifty, they snapped it once. Yeah, it was Dugowie kicking them. He was snapping them snapping everywhere. Them. I don't yeah. know what I was doing. So smother, smother, and then they've gone Come again, up. and I was like, this is it. This is, and I think it hit Jets in the head yeah, or yeah. something like that. And yeah. that at that moment, I was like, this is it. Like game over we've lost the grand final and just somehow it didn't go through um so so you're on the bench at that stage and that's not long left in the game you're meant to be back on so so west coast they got their they got their four players that they want off at big moments of the game dom sheed's one of those guys 
you're meant to be on the ground. And the message goes out to Domshed, get off the ground, get off for Lecker. Yeah. What happens? There's only two players that could have kicked that goal on that day and one of them was sitting on the bench. That's what happened. <laughs> he's cost me my moment. He never come to the bench. So, hungry dog. He, um, but, uh, yeah, I, so after that, I came straight on after that. So, but, yeah, I sat there and, and watched it and I thought he should have snapped it from where I was. But obviously it went through. It was like a surreal feeling when it went through. But then it was like, all right. It's like I said, my, my thing was all about a role. I remember coming on and being like, we're in this mode now. Like we've got to protect the game instead of win the game. So just making sure that our setup was was right for the next set of bounce. Um, I think we fucked up one player. We had two players. Like we were missing a winger or something like yes. that. But And then Josh, Con- Josh Kennedy got the ball in his hands, marked it and played on. So that's mm. a forward not playing his role. No surprises there. What would you have done if you were Dom Sheed? You're a right footer. Dom's a left. I, I was on the right. gone left foot, same as him. Just plugged it on the left. No, mate. you wouldn't. <laughs> oh, no, you wouldn't. You dickhead. What would you have actually done? No, you've been on it or no, you dropped on it? You just would have played on. No, no, no you can't play on at that stage. Mate, I was talking to him. His mindset for that kick, because I was interested, yeah. um, was, yeah, he was just thinking so clearly. Like it was, he said, oh, I went back. I didn't want to be the bloke that went back, took like 30, 40 seconds off the clock, um, you know, all these deep breaths, went back and, and then missed it because I knew there was a little bit of time. So if I'm like thinking clearly, if I miss, we've still got a bit of time to to come back and win. Because he um, took it quickly. He took it fairly quickly mm. and he'd kicked one from their pre-game um, so he just yeah went back um, and did it perfectly. So yeah, I mean, fuck, what a legend! Yeah. <laughs> could have been Lecker. I still yeah, could have been mate. Should it should have been mate. Should have been mate. The siren goes. What's your reaction? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that it went, and me and JK, um, we've obviously played a lot of footy together, and the siren went, and. You're where he is. I'm where I am. Yeah. Um, but the, the whole thing probably starts. I'll tell a story about how this this one goes. We we earlier in our careers we used to celebrate a little bit too hard, and um, Peter Sumich called us into his office one day and said, "Boys, I want you to go away and come up with a team rule for our celebrating because like we're getting carried away here. I don't like it after every goal. So you've got to come back with three rules, um, and we're going to put." Like put it in front of the group, and that's going to be the whole team celebration rules so for the rest party, of the year. Party pooper, Summer. Party pooper, like yeah, because <laughs> Summer used to like kick a goal and just turn back and and go. But it's like Summer used to kick six goals a game, so <laughs> it was nothing for him. But um, anyway, we went and had a coffee. I think we got out of weights, went and had a coffee, and me and JK, being the mature blokes we are, came back to Summer and said, "Summer, mate, we've got it. We've got the rule. Um, we don't need three. It's one rule." And it's going to cover everything. He's like, "All right, boys, what is it?" I was like, "We can do whatever we want, but we just can't touch dicks in our celebration <laughs> because if that becomes a hug, that's over the board." But say so like you could bums out, double high five, you know, bums slap on the bar. But you get carried away once you engage and you start jumping up and down. <laughs> so no docking. So there was no. Yes. But leading into that, fuck, I docked hard after that grand final <laughs> went. That went. I jumped all over him. I like, had the double underhooks and. I remember yelling in his ear like, that's it. Like, we, I can retire happy. We can retire happy. And he's sort of looking at me like, I'm not retiring. <laughs> I'm still playing good. And I was like, but yeah, it was it was just like one of the greatest. It was just relief, like ultimate relief. 
like even for the hours after the the game, I just felt like putting my hands on my knees and just breathing. You know, it was just like weight of the world was off my, off my shoulders. Mm, really. Mm. Um, I mean, it probably leads pretty nicely into you can't know what happened. <laughs> Yeah. Talk to me. Talk to me about this infamous moment in 2018 grand final history. Yeah. Oh, it's turned into a bigger beast than probably what it was. But um, at the time. Go back to, yeah. yeah. At the time, yeah. At the time, we had had a big night, obviously. And we're the night of the grand final. The night of the grand final. Um, and the team bus was picking us up at 7.30 or 8 or whatever. Yeah. And. We had a WhatsApp group amongst the team and there's like messages popping up and that throughout the night and I just thought, fuck, I'm going to put something up and I'm going to get a standing ovation when I come on the bus that the boys will love. <laughs> so <laughs> I literally did it in my room, just had a shower, like hadn't slept and then I thought I put it up and then walked down to the bus and everyone's sort of looking at it yeah. as again, like, yeah, legend, like, yeah, you know what happened, boys? And Carrying you on yeah, your shoulders. Yeah, it was like it, I got the desired reaction. Anyway, about three days, I sent it to a couple other mates and that was probably the mistake that I made because they were up and about as well. But about three or four days later, we're at Nick's house um, all getting our tattoos and you were there. I remember <laughs> yeah, the moment, remember mate. You were and, um, I was flat, mate. And I was getting my tattoo, I think, and I get a message from my phone and it's that message and I was like thinking to myself, fuck, I never sent it to that bloke. I don't know what's happening here. And then like two or three more people sending it to me like ha ah, pisser and all that sort of stuff. And I just remember just thinking like I was worried because I'd sort of forgotten about it that I'd like disrespected Collingwood or something like that. And then um, obviously dropping the C bomb and like having to do school pickups and that with the teachers. And I was just felt I, I was flat. And I remember ringing Stapes at the club and I was like, mate, I'm getting messaged. Um, Stapes, who's like the coordinator of like all that stuff. Integrity officer. Yeah, integrity officer. I was like, mate, I'm getting this message sent around and he's like, don't worry, I'll shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> he thought he could shut Facebook down. I was like, mate, it's out there. Like, I just want to put an apology out. Let me do it right now. I'll just put an apology out and delete it in a couple of days. He's like, no, give me, give me half an hour, mate. I've got it. And then he rings me back half an hour like sheepishly. Might be time to put that apology out. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that, that wrecked me. I was, I was a bit flat about that. It one. wrecked you at the time, but like you look back on that now, like I, one, I don't think it is disrespecting Collingwood. No, you, it wasn't. I mean, you put it and you put it into a player's WhatsApp. Um, I mean, how does it start? What, what's the start of it? Do you have it there? I've got it right here. I'd like to hear it oh. if that's all right. Put your microphone <laughs> up to it, please, Dan. Go on, give us a listen to it. You can't know what happened. Let me set the scene here. Grand final, playing Collingwood. We're down by five goals. <laughs> you can't know what happened. <laughs> you sound well. Oh, no. I haven't listened to that yeah. for a long time. You have not gone to sleep. No, no, mate. But none of us had. No, it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, what are you going to do? It's one of my great memories, mate. Yeah. Uh, I, but I do remember seeing you at Nick's. I was going to say, I was wondering if you remember that, but like, I reckon, I reckon maybe Nizzy was involved. You know, you, you were just, you felt see that he was going to take the polish off. What we've done. Yeah, 100%. I didn't want to – yeah. You weren't putting it up on social media for the world to see. I think everyone thought that I put it on social media or something. That's what I felt like. There was a lot of like 
grey area. After a few days, I did not give a fuck. Like I sent a few messages to people like, oh, I hope I didn't offend anyone or whatever and it all came back like, no, no, great, mate. You laugh about it now, right? Oh, yeah. I remember you saying, we should make shirts up. Absolutely. (laughs) Can we do that, please? I'll split the profits with you. So you reckon it was a a player that that leaked it or one of your mates? No, it was was one of the mates that sort of got around. (laughs) I sent that to me, I sent it to you and then it was gone. It doesn't take much. Um, no, it doesn't. That's good. So you retire. You're right off into the sunset. Yeah, yeah. It's um, mate. It's a funny one, eh? Hey? Retiring after winning a grand final. It's you sort of go to reflect on your career, and I haven't been like. It's hard to get past your last game. It's just like the pinnacle of my in, entire career. So like, I'll go to reflect, and there's one game I think about. Um, and for me, it's made retirement easier because. Um, I've seen a lot of guys come in and out of West Coast and um, they they leave and it's just not a good ending. Like They leave not on their own terms, like they'll get a tap on the shoulder or they'll get delisted. Or um, For me, I felt like I had an ending to my whole career. So the whole career was a build-up to this moment, mm. the pinnacle of my career, you know, hugging everyone, walk out and – it's just the the best way to end. Like, yeah. would have, like I said before, I would have loved to have defended it, but looking back now, um, it's better to walk out on a victory than you know they didn't win the next year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I ended when I did. You got lots of stats throughout your career, but to f- talking about finishing your career, Dan, you found a nice one. Um, three hit outs in your career. That was when you could go third man up. <laughs> I used to love sticking my knee into the coxie's back. Cop this, you dickhead! You know, um, like. That's good. So, do you think? Well, you've got a highest in a season. So that was three seasons. You got one, one in each season over that time. There was one season in particular for you that was well above all your others. Do you it, remember which? Yeah, one? it was like it was in the teens. I reckon more. Really? Yeah. What? Do you remember which season? And uh, why? It was twenty thirteen or fourteen, and 13, there was it was yeah. the third man up. It was exactly you, the same. you were going third man. Yeah, up. I was like yeah. I, I, I for a couple well, of years I played quite hu- tall midfielder. Yeah, yeah, like I played like half forward, probably Lecker's spot. <laughs> and then and then would come up and play like a fifth mid and go third man up. I tell you, sort of like the twenty three you got twenty three. Like, oh, I mean, like one game in a derby, like it was me and Mick Barlow playing fifth man. He won the um, Rosslyn Netting Medal, and I was the other <laughs> side. I was his man. <laughs> Went well. Um, uh, to finish off, if you don't mind, twenty nineteen after you away from the footy club, uh, ca- car accident. Pulling people out of cars. Oh yeah, that was that was. Can you speak was, about that or not? Uh, you don't have, you don't have to. No, nah, it was pretty heavy. Yeah, there was a. Um, I was coming back from doing appearances. I, I had Sheeta in the car with me actually. Yeah, it's I, the, like someone passed away, so I don't love. But, I, I haven't really spoke about it, but she, I, you, actually Sheeta just got out of the to. car, for, out of my car, and jumped into another car. Mm. So he was like very close, and yeah, I just remember driving along and. Like right alongside me, it, I saw it go off the road. Mm. There was no one. I sort of thought to myself, did that actually happen? And then yeah, come around and luckily another truck driver was coming the other way. And between me and myself, sort of it was just a shit show. It's something that you you realise that a lot of people go through that sort of stuff. And like the more now after it happened, like you have conversations, you just realise that there's a lot of people that fucking have to deal with some heavy shit. It was like tough, rough couple of weeks. So yeah, yeah it wasn't. Oh, nice. I can imagine. Like yeah. I, I guess I didn't want to finish on that, but. I feel like, do you like when something like that happens? Like less specific about the incident, but like, do you feel like you? It's like an out of body. Like you kind of click into some sort of like you sound like when you're talking about it. Like it hasn't really happened to you. Like, yeah, I sort of first two weeks are real rough. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, and then you just stop thinking about it, I mm. think. So it's like, yeah, I, I, I haven't – certain things you don't like to rethink, but, yeah, it was like fire, the whole – yeah, it was just shit. So mm. And, yeah, just got to be safe on the roads, yeah. I suppose. Well, it's like, yeah. Lucky, that, lucky that you were there to help. Yeah, and lucky the car didn't cross the road because it would have got me, you know. Like it's a – yeah, it's like a sliding doors moment really. You sort of think about it and you think, fuck, you know, like you take a lot for granted. Because so. you like you drove, drove around the Australia with your family, men, mentioned that earlier. Like, again, you've spent a long time on the roads as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I drive a lot like, differently. I don't trust a lot of people on the road now, but no. um, that that's the best trip I've ever done. Like that – moments like what you're talking about before with the accident – the seeing that accident and then – like fuck, you just got to do the shit that you want to do. Like mm. I'd always wanted to do caravan trip up in the northwest and Kimberley and, and Northern Territory, and like that's my mindset now. It's like if I want to do something, I'm I'm not not going to wait. I'm just going to make sure I do it. That's good. Good. You're doing your TV star now. So. No, <laughs> I'll fall. Um, yeah, falling into a bit of a gig that's that helps me travel. Popping up, Channel Seven popping up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Mike Lacrado and Sir. I don't know what sort of reports you're doing. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah, I don't know. Basil Zemplis. It's not natural. I used to cop so much shit for the fishing report I used to do at um, back when I was with, with Channel 9. Talk me through that. What did you used to do? Oh, I used to do the, the fish watch it used to be. Fucking every time I was having a shot and someone was on the man, man in the mark, oh, where are they biting this week, you cockhead? <laughs> did you used to do the report or did you just get something to read? No, I used to do Tell it Tell people. Yeah, used, used to, to research. It. Yeah, I used to research it. Yeah, do it all. Okay, yeah, so. very good. Now, you have been a member of Backchat before, Lekka. This is before Dan was involved. Butsy, Thumper, we used to do a segment. I'm sure you remember it, social media. Not social media, social media, where the people get to ask you the questions. You've heard enough from Dan and I. We've put it out to the people and there's been some questions that have come through over the last couple of hours. Would you like to play? Let's go. doesn't matter if you don't want to, you're going to play. <laughs> um, Stasi and Friends. Uh, any truth to the rumour that when Bunga retires, you'll join him for some games at Angerston Football Club? <laughs> There's no truth to that rumour. So Bunga may never retire. Bunga, yeah, starters. I don't think he will retire. I, mate, he's become like an honorary Savannah's bloody citizen. The way he, he's holidayed up there a, a lot, so I reckon he's a half a chance of playing a couple of games up there. If he has a kick there, I'll play with him, but good, not going to Angerston. The Swano? Uh, what happened to the assassin in Savannah's? <laughs> It sunk. Yeah, that was my boat. It sunk sunk about six months ago. How did so. it sink? I, didn't know, I actually did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Oh, it sunk on the mooring. So just in, in bad weather. I've had the insurance got paid out, so I'm not going to talk about it. You're, you're, <laughs> the, you're, you're the only – I will say, if that happened while you were at the football club, oh, you no. may never have surfaced. You, would, you wouldn't – because Lecker was known as, you know, he's the fishing guy. He's, he knows what he's doing in the outdoors. If you had a rocked up to the footy club and sunk your boat – well, the, the funny part about it is Regardless like, of how it we kept it quiet for a bit because it's in Savannah's. I know most of the locals and that. We got it recovered. I got my insurance payout and then I sent the fo- same thing with the other thing. I sent the photos around and then it grabbed legs and ended up in the paper. <laughs> you didn't learn, mate. That's I know, awesome. but I didn't care by then because I, I had my insurance. So yes. it's funny because Ryan Davis sent me a, 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 a like a message video and like it happens to the best of us, mate. And he... He had sunk a boat, but he was on the boat in the Gold Coast and there was a full news story of him getting interviewed. And We've had Ryan Davis on this right. podcast. He's, he's told that story. Day, yeah. So he was coming through the, the – the, the inlet or the bar crossing. Yeah, and he flipped his boat <laughs> coming back in. But he was flat, phones, fishing rod. He lost everything. Yeah, so no, my, my, I was in Perth. I just had a mate ring me up and say, I can't see your boat anymore. So oh, rough. Oh, That's yeah. flat. Cheers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Mark Blakely. Do you remember uh, much of Cuzzy's last game at Football Park in 2007, the qualifying final? What was going through everyone's minds? Sorry. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, um, I do. So we we spoke about 06, me feeling like it was a missed, like wasn't really a missed opportunity because I wasn't in the side. For me, 2007 was like that was a missed opportunity. Yeah, because like, we still had the side that I think that was good enough to to win a flag. Top four. Yep. Uh, we went to Adelaide, played Port. I think Curry had a finger tendon snap. Yeah. Um, ruled him out. Cuzzy uh, did his hammy really badly. Yeah, in that game. In that game. When that happened, it was like, oh, we're done. Juddy was done. Juddy had um, osteitis, so he was done. If we had a, had a full strength side, and I played 19 games that year, so I, mm-hmm. for me it was like, oh, shit. If we had a – when I was like in the middle of my career, looking back, it was like, shit, maybe that was my, my opportunity, not 06, but yeah, shit happens. Becky Boo. Oh two three. Uh, who would be the best slash worst decky from the club? Uh, the best Bunger's actually is is the best. Like he's is a he? full, yeah. He or in terms Bunger and Cripper. Cripper. Yes. If you're going to go out and and go cray fishing, Bunger doesn't like getting bait on his on his fingers. He's <laughs> had the pedicures and stuff. So he. Uh, <laughs> but fishing wise, he's he's really good. JK's the worst. Like he always rocks up hungover and spewing and just he's too tall. Just he, doesn't want to like he's no out, he's out there just for the boys. Like doesn't give a shit about the fishing and that's he's good constant. value, but he's shocking. Dick. That's that's debatable too. Um, Seb Seb Vanders. Uh, sorry, I'm just, I've lost it here. Uh, Lekker, love, pay attention over love there, to mate. know your thoughts on the hardest defender you've played on apart from Scoey at training. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I this idea. Yeah, That's yeah. why you're desperate. I used to give Scully bath at training. I, yeah, I will say, in Lekker's defence, and my defence maybe, uh, Lekker was the hardest forward to, to play. It was harder than JK. I bang on about JK in the media a fair bit because he's tall and, you know, he's whatever. Lekker was the hardest. Oh, and I always used to just go and I'll, I'll go play on JK and get a bath from JK because it'll be much worse if I play on Lekker. <laughs> That's no, yeah. good. Thanks, mate. Uh, no, my hardest defender, like I said, Craig Bolton. Yeah, he was like genuine. That was back in the man on man days, um, before like zoning and everything like that. So he was just yeah, strong, a um, bit bigger than me, and but could run and yeah, just a just a really. I played on him uh, a few times, and I just I had this run where I couldn't kick a goal against Sydney, and yeah, he it was because of him. It was because of him. Yeah, locked you down. Yep. Um, Prowls.com.au. <laughs> How difficult was it becoming a father to 22 blokes at Etihad Stadium in 2010? <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my fake account, that one. <laughs> the burner. <laughs> oh, I there's no answer there. I just no. wanted to read that out. It's very good there, Prowse. Uh, Wob. Wob. Schwiff. Great. Uh, did you nearly retire due to a wrist slash hand injury uh, but didn't due to premiership opportunity cover that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Got, got close. Yes. Josh Robbins underscore. Uh, what were your focal points you'd think of uh, when having a set shot? Uh, I, I used to change it up. A lot of guys, for me, um, get stale in their goal kicking routine. That's why they'll miss. Like a, a lot of it was about trying to stay mentally sharp. So, so people say, oh, you pick someone out behind the goals. Um, I'd do that sometimes, but I'd try and change it before I got stale and started missing because like your mind wanders if you stick with the same thing. Um too much so if i had missed a couple i'd mark where i'm going to kick it from so that'd give me something to think about or i'd look at a goal post and say Fuck, i just got to kick it to the left hand of that side of that goal post because if i do it's going to go through for a goal or 
I'd look at the gap and go, that's a fucking huge gap. Just kick it through it. Ne- never never give the goals away. Is that a thing? You know, like don't aim outside the goals. Is that a thing? Uh, not for me. I reckon it was all luck for you, bloke. So forwards, like, of course you're trying to kick a goal. Like, if you kick it, great. If you don't, well. This fuck. is coming from a – mate, you could – this is Backman. The Backman, the way they talk, yeah. makes me so – you could play the game without Backman. Does it? You really? could play the game without Backman. Not Five goals do down in the grand forward. final. How many goals have you kicked? Zero. Thanks to you. Five goals down? Yeah. Yeah, because they kicked five goals on the back line. You, you blokes were missing <laughs> goals there. <laughs> There's a reason why we were five goals down, because you couldn't stop the bloody flow. <laughs> Josh Mate, Kennedy, Josh the Kennedy still... gets the ball, the greatest goal kicker of all time. <laughs> Can't kick it in the ground. Mate, what, what, do you, what do you get paid for? Mate, you like blokes say, <laughs> we were five goals down. It's not a thing to be bragging about that we were five goals down, because you'd let five goals through. It's fair. So that's absolutely fair. That's like, you, 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 I've heard you say before, like, backs like, – Forward sell memberships. Yep. Mid sell sponsorships. Yep. Backs win premierships. Yep. So if you're going to judge yourself off that. Just go look at the best players to ground No, if you're, going to judge, if you're going to judge yourself off that, we've sold 100,000 memberships for the last decade. Mm. Tick, 10 years in a row. Yes. Mid's never had a problem with sponsorships. Yeah. One, one fucking premiership. So, what, <laughs> so what's danger harder to, of the back line? What's harder like, to do? What's you know, harder to do? One successful year. What's harder to do? Sign a member. <laughs> sign, your, sign the two-year-old. No, Sid's got a membership, one, mate. He's, 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 he's a year old. He's a year old. Pathetic, he is one year old. One year you can say. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, game. you have an insight into what it's like as an <laughs> AFL football club. This is what team meetings look like. Uh, last two. Um, Tabby95. Uh, how does Lekker like his eggs cooked before losing to the mighty Dandy Saints? Sincerely, the Eggman. I kicked 10 against Dan Dragon this year. So <laughs> Tappy likes to hear how people like their eggs. They like their eggs. Um, just fried. Just simple fried, fried man. Don't, yeah. get fried, don't get fried a lot. No, we don't. Um, Scott McKenzie, 71. It's about three up. Three up. Uh, Lecky used to inappropriately hug JK on the field. Yes. That's a fact. What Correct. reason do you come up with to give someone uh, the same hug now that you both aren't playing? Opening a beer, catching a fish. Uh, How do you catch up? Yeah. Do you well, he's up? moved to Jero now. So um, hopefully if he has a kick this year, I wouldn't mind playing a game with him. So he, we always said if he plays um, at Northampton, I'll come up and play, but he has to play a game at Savannah. So there's two weekends um, – that set aside for us with with JK. I, I have I have I was thinking before I come in this podcast. I had a story about JK that I wanted to tell before it was over. So do you want the people to hear it, or do you want to VIP it? I can VIP it. I'll VIP Great. it. Which is a good story. So we'll very go. good. Yeah. Thank so, you so much. For very that. good. So our VIPs, our patrons, you can hang around <laughs> just after we finish this. Lecker, it's been a pleasure. Have you had fun? Thanks. Yeah, man. mate. It's been great. Thanks very good. Us. Socials, you can follow us. Backchat double underscore. You can find everything you need at backchatpodcast.com.au. Send us an email. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. Thanks to our supporters, our sponsors, Whippersnapper Whiskey, Margot River Roasting Co., Blue Bet, Shelter Brewing Co., and of course, Leadable Cameras. Got a nice little goodie bag of those things for you for coming in. Um, don't go and sell them on eBay when you're done, Lecker. And stick around, patrons. We've got a nice JK story coming up this. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.